Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Four Person Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. Looking for a Catholic counselor? Dr. Peter Claponis, Deb Rojas, and the team at Integrity Counseling Services provide faithful Catholic counseling in Pennsylvania and beyond. We offer telehealth and in-person counseling for porn addiction, betrayal trauma, anxiety, depression, marriage counseling, and much more. You can find us at IntegrityCounselingPA.com or 610-601-9781. That's IntegrityCounselingPA.com or 610-601-9781. Looking for a Catholic counselor or coach? Dr. Fred Boley provides faithful Catholic counseling and coaching for men in Missouri and beyond. He conveniently offers telehealth services for anxiety, depression, marriage counseling, or just getting stuff done. You can find him at stbarn.org or 872-269-1280. Once again, the number is 872-269-1280. She is a Catholic recording artist, multi-award winning songwriter. She sings contemporary and folk rock music. She has been in the music industry for over five years. Her music is her ministry. She aims to help people that suffer from all kinds of pain in life and try to bring them to the Lord through her music. She has three albums out and her music is being played on radio stations all over the world. Her website is lisamarinacole.com and she is on social media. Her music page is Facebook.com Lisa Songs of Worship. YouTube at Lisa M. Nicole. Instagram Lisa underscore Marie underscore Nicole underscore official. Her songs can be purchased on her website, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and everywhere else. Her merchandise store has everything for her ministry and can be accessed through her website. Her new CDs will be available very soon and can be purchased through her website. She counts herself blessed that God has chosen her to help spread his message. She is Lisa Marie Nicole. Get her music today. The Four Persons Inc. is a licensed 501c3 nonprofit. All rights reserved. No use of our content is allowed, by law, without our permission. Our goal is to bring you the very best Catholic content possible. Going forward, we will continue to bring you the best apologists, educational programming, devotionals, and live charitable and social outreach and activism. However, we cannot continue to bring this great programming without your help. All of our members are volunteering their time and efforts, but the hosting, programs, licensing, and subscriptions needed to keep this going costs money. Right now, our credit card platform is not yet operational, but you can still send your tax-deductible gift to the Four Persons Inc. P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. That donation address again is the Four Persons Inc. P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. If you are interested in advertising on our shows or have any questions or comments of any kind, email us at email at thefourpersons.com or call us at 240-728-6531.
And now, welcome to Catholicism Rocks, brought to you by our friends at CatholicismRocks.com. This is our weekly Sunday night show dedicated to the premise that there is nothing better than being a Catholic. Thank you. And uh, yes, fatherhood is critically important today. Uh, it's so important. I mean, a baby comes out of the womb, and if a father is there, there's all kinds of statistics that say um, if children live with their fa- with their fathers, they do better in school. Um, if children are involved with are involved with their dads, they're less likely to be mistreated. Um, if children are involved with their uh, fathers, overall emotional and social well-being increases. Uh, the list goes on on all of these things for fatherhood. Uh, today is Father's Day. We've, we we want to wish all the fathers, the grandfathers, the stepfathers. The priests, priests are spiritual fathers. We have to have, uh, wish them a happy Father's Day as well, too, because we call them fathers. We also want to wish uh, anybody who acts as a father. There's a lot of people out there who are uh, dads. They help out young boys and stuff like that, and we wish them a happy Father's Day as well, too. Now, um, children with imprisoned fathers are more likely to be depressed as well, too. Um, children living with their father, uh, without their father in homes are 47% more, percent more likely to live in poverty. Those are children living without fathers in their home. Men with absent fathers are more likely to become absent fathers themselves. It's generational. It goes down. Uh, women with absent fathers are more likely to have children with absent fathers. Um, boys have fewer behavior problems and girls have fewer psychological problems when they have involved dads. That's true. Uh, infant death uh, within the first 28 days of life is four times higher for those with absent fathers than those with involved fathers. That's a strange one, but that happens, actually. Those are the statistics on that. Um, father's absent, uh, absence is to blame for many of our in, intractable social ills affecting children. The old adage, correlation does not imply causation, does not apply to the effect that the fathers have absent on, absence on children. It's, it's critically important for fathers to be there. Uh, one in four children live in home without a dad. Dad, One in four. Um, Mississippi has the highest number of children living in father-absent homes, 36% of them, followed by Louisiana and Alabama. Um, now, children living in female-headed homes with no spouse present present have a poverty rate of 47.6%, over four times the rate for children living in married couple families. The uh, absence of a biological father contributes to the increase of risk of child maltreatment. Uh, individuals from father-absent homes are 279, 279% more likely to carry guns and deal drugs than peers living with their fathers. I mean, that's how important fathers are. I mean, it's critically important for fathers. Um, father involvement in schools and associated with the higher likelihood of a student getting, getting mostly A's in school when a father is involved. Um, 
Children raised in a father-absent home are more likely to experience behavioral problems. Um, Adolescent boys with absent fathers are more likely to engage in delinquency than those with fathers who are present. Um, 92% of of parents in prison are fathers. 92% of parents in prison are fathers. And 86% of those in prison are, are boys and girls who have not had fathers. I mean, it, it just goes on. Um, compared to pregnant women without father support, pregnant women with father support 22.2% versus 48.1%. Um, children raised in a father absent home are two times more likely to suffer from obesity. Obesity is related to absent fathers. Uh, there are 2 million single father households versus 10 million single mother households in the United States. 2 million father, uh, single father households versus 10 million single mother households. That's way out of kilter. Dad's involvement during pregnancy positively influences health outcomes for mom, dad, and baby. Um, Daughters are less likely to engage in risky sexual behavior when they have consistent contact and a sense of closeness with their dads. And dads uh, involved lead to less distress in toddlers. No question about that. So fathers are so important today, and yet our culture says it's not. Our culture says it's not. So, so we have to actually understand that um, with, with fathers, uh, children look to them almost as God when they're growing up. And when you abuse or criticize your child, then that gives the child the idea that God is a critical God, that God is an abusing God that God is not who they think it is. It's not the real God. So it's really, really important. Um, yesterday we had a core meeting with our Knights of Columbus. That uh, core means heart. And we talked about fatherhood. And fatherhood is so important that um, Father uh, Rob, one of our friends, he said, he was in my group, he said that there's a, a, a poet who many, many years ago said that young men want older men to admire them, something that shows them that they are a man. And when they do that, the young man turns into a man, a real man. It's really important. It also said, they also said that uh, asking for forgiveness because men, uh, they grow up, they get jobs, and they work, 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 work. They have jobs where they they uh, fly around the country. They have jobs where they're not home a lot, and that affects the children. That affects the boys, the sons. And 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 when you have uh, a father who doesn't apologize to his son for not being there then that doesn't do much good for the, for the son. Um, I, uh, I was gone a lot when I was doing it, and today my son called me from Arlington, Virginia, and he uh, told me that uh, the baby's going to probably be there next week, so our first grandson is coming. But I said, Ben, I want to apologize to you for being gone a lot. I was, and he said, well, dad, you were working and providing the big income for us and big house and stuff like that. And I said, well, Ben, it's still, I was gone and I didn't get a chance to help you when you needed it most. And he said, okay, dad, you're forgiven. And uh, it was a wonderful experience this morning when I talked to my son. Um, It says here that um, um, fatherhood is so important. Um, many men's work and leisure pursuits can come to dominate their attention to an unhealthy extent. So when you have a, a 
hobby, when you have something that you like to do, and it affects your family, your relationship with your children, then look at it again and try to stop doing that because the most important thing you have is raising your child. That's the most important thing you have. Um, there was a guy, we watched a video from Mike Sweeney, who's a famous baseball player. He said that humility is all about forgiveness. He says there have been many moments where he has asked forgiveness from his children, which is very good. Many men um, find it difficult to ask another for forgiveness. But that's not what humility is. Humility is about asking for forgiveness. We ask for forgiveness in confession and for our sins. And we say we're not going to do it again. Um, now, we say that um, a father conveys a message to their children. And the message that he conveys is from God the Father. Because God the Father is our Father, and so we have to understand that when we uh, discipline, when we uh, uh, love our children, when we take care of them, when we protect them, we are acting as God the Father does to us. So that is really, really critically important. Um, they said that... Um, uh, uh, Tim Gray, who runs Ascension Presents, was also on the video. He said that um, needing a, to live a life, a virtuous life ourselves in order to pass these virtues along to our children. So we have to live a virtuous life to pass them on to the children. Uh, he mentioned these virtues like skills and the habits to work. Um, to be prudent, to be just, to be honest. The church identifies three theological virtues as faith, hope, and love, and the four cardinal virtues of justice, prudence, temperance, and fortitude. There are many other related virtues that stem from these, such as patience, diligence, chastity, modesty, and generosity. So the virtues that you present to your children is critically important because that's how they learn the virtues. That's how they learn them. Hey, Ed, do you mind if I jump in here real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I think the points, I, I don't want to counter the points that you made. I want to emphasize them because I think the points that you make are, are so spot on. Um, and, and there's just more data that can be uh, thrown in here. Folks, when Ed is saying that the fatherhood problem in this country and in the world is a crisis, Oh, it's, it's not hyperbole. It's not hyperbole. So, Ed, I want to get into some kind of ugly statistics here, and they're ugly, and we don't like talking about them, but they're just facts, okay? So we yeah. need to talk about them, okay? Um, I, I think everybody is – I think we can all agree that we are shocked as a nation – and discuss it as a nation at, at the rise of these these school shootings, these massacres in the schools. I don't think there's yeah. anybody that's not outraged by, by this. And yeah. there's lots of factors that people want to talk about. And I think they're, they're all valuable things to add to the discussion. They're all, it's all healthy to have a nice, healthy debate. We can talk about the gun. We can talk about no security guards at the schools, and we can talk about metal detectors and and uh, all of these things and, and the, and the uh, absurdity of these gun-free zones and all that. We can talk about all of that. Do you know what the biggest pre predictor of a school shooter is? No father. <laughs> no father. It's, yep. it's, this is a statistical fact. A statistical fact, a, an absent or negligent or abusive father, okay? Let me give you some names. Let me give you some names. These are names of school shooters where the absence or the negligent father was determined to be a definitive link 
in the shooter's psychological makeup. All right. We have Stephen Paddock, the Las Vegas shooter. We remember yeah. that horrific uh, event. I'm sure you you do, right, Ed? Oh yes. I lived in Las Vegas. I have many friends there, and many of them got killed. Right. And I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, Salvador Ramos. Salvador Ramos, the 18-year-old who walked into a school in Uvalde, Texas, and killed 21 people, 19 of them, 9, 10, and 11-year-olds. Yep. Okay? Should I continue? Robert Bowers, the synagogue shooter. David Katz, a Jacksonville shooter. Elliot Rogers, UC Santa Barbara. Dylan Roof, the Charleston shooter. And Nicholas Cruz, the gunman at Parkland. Yep. Father deprivation was a huge factor in all of these shootings. Now, let me give you some other statistics. And these are facts, folks. These are not our opinions. This is not conjecture. These are statistical facts. All right. Boys between the ages of 15 and 19 are four times as likely to commit suicide when there has been absence of a father in the home. Yes. Between the ages of 20 and 25, they are five times as likely. Even 20 to 25 years removed, yep. they're still traumatized by the fact that they had an absent or negligent father in the home. Okay. Now let's yep. talk about church attendance. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but there is a staggering correlation between um, people who lose their faith and people who maintain their faith and attend church regularly when the father is a part of the equation. It's not a small sample. It's a, it's a staggering sample. So I want to hand the ball back to you, Ed, and I want to, I'd like to kind of start the conversation as let's let's go through the Bible, starting with Genesis moving forward. Let's cite some good examples of what a father what a what a good examples of what a father looks like. Okay, uh, let's look at um, um, Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter four verses one to five. It says, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I, too, was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding, and do not forget my words or turn away from them. That is very true. Right. But can we take that can we take that and, and show the flip side of that too? Because listen attentively to a father's instruction. Okay? But if you a father's a father's instruction has to be constructive. Uh, you, you have, I assume you have your Bible in front of you, right? Yes. Would you open up to Colossians chapter 3 and read verses 21 to 23? Sure. Just one second. Colossians. Okay. Hold on a second. Okay, hold on. My fingers aren't working so good. <laughs> I have the problem all the time. <laughs> okay, Colossians 3 versus what? 21 to 23. 21 to 23. It says here, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Slaves, obey in everything those who are in your earthly masters. Do not, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. 
Whatever you task, work heartily as serving the Lord and not men. That's what it says. See, so it's very important that fathers teach their children, but not demoralize them, not beat them down, not break their confidence. It's exactly. It's a it's a very very important thing. Now, when we talked about models from the scriptures of what a father should look like, how about yes. Joseph? <laughs> oh, the perfect father. He was, uh, you know, he listened to God, to the angel, and uh, when he said, uh, you know, I'm not married to her and everything else, she's pregnant, and he, the angel said, no, take Mary in as your wife, and he followed God's will every single time. They go down to uh, to uh, Bethlehem. And what does he do? He gets a thing that says that Herod is going to kill the kids, uh, you know, in Bethlehem. And he takes his wife after she just has has him and goes 90 miles to Egypt. I mean, a 90-mile trek in the middle of the night going over there. I mean, it took days for him to get there. I mean, everything that he did, he taught Jesus, he changed his diaper. <laughs> I mean, everything that Joseph did, he didn't say any words in scripture. But today, oh my gosh, everybody is writing books about him. He's a, I mean, he is just so fantastic. He's the patron of all dads. He's uh, he's patron of the church. I mean, he is just so, if you follow St. Joseph's lead on everything, then you will be a good father. There's a few other scripture verses that we have too. There's one um, um, from, um, um, let me see, it's from from uh, Luke 11. It says, what father among you would hand his son a snake when he asked for a fish or hand him a scorpion when he asked for an egg? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And then Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up with training and instruction in the Lord. That is critical because fathers have to teach their children and we have to form them. We have to form our children. And when you form your children, that's when you can all of a sudden have a good child that rises up to be a man. Because Forming our, our children, uh, Curtis Martin, um, who started the Focus, says, when fathers abdicate the responsibility to form their children, they rob their children one of the most significant influences in their life, leaving them fatherless. Matt Burke says that the things like prayer and saying the rosary in the family is the father's job. So if you're a father, pray the rosary with your family. Say prayers with them. Uh, it's really, really critically important. I mean, a father's strength can be powerful if you do the right things. A dad's words can be fueling and inspirational. Mm -hmm. uh, the hugs from dad can be deeply comforting, you know, when you hug your child. A dad's smiles can instill joy and confidence. Time with dad can be fun and productive. A dad's physical physicality can be challenging, a dad's guidance can be life-changing and foundational. A father's correction can be life-saving and life-giving. Let, Let me just sure. say one more thing, Ed, is that and fathers, whoever's listening to this, you know, we learn things from experience, okay? So trust me when I say this is something I learned from experience. I learned the hard way. Yeah. Um, your your actions got to follow your words. Yes. Your actions got to follow your words. You got to be consistent. Got to be consistent in your messaging, but you have to actually live the life that you preach. Yeah. Uh, you can't tell your kids, um, you know, always be polite, always be, you know, sensitive to other people's feelings uh, when you're flying off the handle at, at the first, uh, you know, thing that goes wrong, because. Uh, <laughs> Your kids see. They see, okay? And they're going to act by what they see. 
Uh, and when they see a father that preaches a holy message and lives that same holy message, it's going to have an act on 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 the on the kids, uh, factor on the kids. But yes. Ed, when kids see a father who preaches a holy message but lives an unholy message, well, what's going to happen is they're going to start to not take the message that's being preached seriously. They're going yes. to see their father as a hypocrite, rightly so, uh, yeah. and they're going to tune him out. And that's what's going to happen. And I've seen that happen uh, so many times. So, um, you know, St. Francis of Assisi is attributed to having said, uh, preach the gospel uh, with words uh, necessary. Uh, and when it comes to fathers and their kids, um, you know, this is true. Now, Ed, our modern society, uh, our media, our entertainment industry, um, politics, the attack on the family is insidious and it's relentless. And most of all, it's an attack on the father. Look at the way that fathers are portrayed in movies now, that they're portrayed in cartoons now. The father is portrayed as, as a buffoon, as yes, you know, an, exactly. an idiot, an imbecile. Um, the attack on fathers uh, is insidious. And there's one man in particular, a spiritual father, who saw this coming. Because uh, even in his time, he saw the attacks and the difficulties of uh, Catholic fathers in this country. Uh, and and that holy priest's name was Father Michael J. McGivney. And it was oh, the yes. pr- principal motivation to him forming uh, the Knights of Columbus. Uh, why don't you? Yeah. Why don't you? He went in, in into forming the Knights of Columbus as a defense of, of Catholic men, as defense of Catholic fathers. Why don't you go into some detail on that? Absolutely, Father Michael J. McGivney. <laughs> he is blessed now. He's on his way to sainthood. When he started the Knights of Columbus in the 1800s, he back then uh, people could ask, uh, "What what's your religion?" When they hired you for a job. And if they said Catholic, they said, oh, we don't want you. And they didn't hire them. And uh, so Father Michael J. McGivney heard about this. And he said, well, that's just wrong. So he started an organization called the Knights of Columbus for just the men of that parish there in, uh, in back east. Uh, back east New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah, New Haven, Connecticut. And when he did that, uh, he he said that uh, fathers they were dying younger, so he started insurance for them, so that women could bury their their husbands and stuff like that. So he started this whole thing, and today it's now grown to uh, every state in the United States. It's gone to about five or six countries of the world, and. Um, uh, they've they've had uh, uh, they raised two hundred million dollars for people they can't do it for for moms that uh, their parents or their boyfriends say we want to have an abortion and they say no and we provide them the funds so they can raise those children uh, we do uh, I mean over in Poland we built all these big huge buildings over there the Knights of Columbus did for all the people leaving in Ukraine. And so we got them food. We got them all kinds of things that they needed to go into Poland. I mean, the Knights of Columbus are an incredible organization. And uh, it's all started by Father Michael J. McGivney, who really was a true father to those fathers in New Haven, Connecticut at the time. He was a true father to that. Um, I and my family, we were blessed to become the... uh, Family of the Year for the state of Arizona. Um, Congratulations on that. Yeah, it was really amazing. So it's really, really something else uh, that uh, what they've done. Um, uh, Good marriages uh, are critical to children. Um, My wife, let me tell you a little story about my wife. When our boys were born, 
when they went to high school, my son Benjamin, my my son Matthew is autistic and epileptic, so he was in special needs, and he was the Aggie of the year at his high school in Las Vegas because of his autism and the joy that he brought to everybody. And then my younger son Ben is uh, he's 30 years old now, and he uh, when he went to, into high school. Um, he joined the Navy Junior ROTC, and when he joined that, he um, uh, went to school at 7 o'clock in the morning, uh, got out at 2, and at 2 o'clock, the uh, lady who ran the uh, Navy Junior ROTC program kept them from 2 o'clock until 7 o'clock at night. She had them spinning their rifles, running things, all kinds of things like that. So, hey, um, hey, Ed? Yes, I have another. I'm sorry, I have another commercial that I have to play real quickly. Our latest sponsor, so I have to get their ad in every show. When I come back, I just sent you a link to an article, and that's what I'd like to discuss when we get back. Okay. okay. So we will be right back on the Ford Persons after this commercial break. How gone? Top Gun of Virginia has been serving the East Coast with quality swimming pool shot creek and gunite applications for over 35 years. The strong legacy of craftsmanship that Top Gun has garnered is backed by the pride we take in creating a lasting product. Top Gun will help you stay on schedule and within budget while still maintaining the level of quality control and safety that is expected from a name with 35 years of experience. Top Gun. Top Gun of Virginia is a premier supplier of commercial shotcrete and gunite services on the East Coast. Shotcrete and gunite are forms of pneumatically applied concrete which can be used to build or repair structures. Shotcrete and gunite can perform jobs which are not possible or are more difficult with traditional form and pour concrete applications. Top Gun uses our own volumetric trucks to apply engineer-certified mixes of both wet and dry process applications to meet any need. Top Gun. Top Gun is located at 10017 Richmond Highway, Lorton, Virginia, 22079. You can reach them at 703-550-9207 or email them at info at topgungunite.com. Make sure you mention that you heard this ad on the Four Persons Podcast. All right, and we're back. So, uh, to give a little context of what Ed's about to go into, in 1917, the mother of Jesus appeared to three children in Fatima, Portugal. Now, yes, when did. I say this happened, it's a fact. Okay, 70,000 witnesses saw the sun dance in the sky. There's all kinds of miracles attached to Fatima. This is one of the approved apparitions of the church. There was no question. It, it, this is not a questionable one like some of the other apparitions that, you know, have been condemned or we're not sure it could, could go either way. Fatima is one of the ones that's on the, that's on the top of the board. Um, exactly. And there were some predictions that were made at Fatima about the end times. And uh, one in particular I just sent to you, Ed, I'll let you go into that right now. Uh, Fatima, well, what happened was Saint Lu- Sister Lucia, well, she was the oldest one. She was 10 years old when the others were 9 and 7 years old. But uh, she became a nun. And when she became a nun, the Blessed Mother appeared to her again and told her that the biggest decisive battle will be between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over the marriage and family. And that is happening today. Uh, they uh, blast all of our things. They do everything. They they do everything, everything, everything against the family today. I mean, we have gay marriage, and uh, gay marriage is is an abomination to God. The four sins of crowd to heaven. One of them sodomy, and so why they celebrate that, I don't know. But uh, Satan has control of 
uh, Major League Baseball. It's got control of the news media. It's got control of the school system. It's got control of everything. I mean, look at, the, look at right now. You, you, we've had these these crazy, woke, transgender freaks, and I'm sorry, that's all you can call them, yeah. um, have been in at the center of three very, very high-profile attacks against mainstream America, yeah. uh, first through Budweiser, through Bud Light, yeah. second through Target, Yep. Uh, and now through the Los Angeles Dodgers baseball team. Yep. Uh, and in all three cases, the backlash by rank and file Americans has been pretty profound. Uh, but it just goes to show that um, these people have gotten to the highest levels, and their assault on the family is is um, they're just bringing out all the guns, aren't they? Ed? Absolutely, they are. And, uh, you know, Budweiser, Bud Light lost $27 billion. Target lost $15 billion. The Dodgers had a half-full stadium, and they booed when the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence came out. They booed them. And outside, there was 10,000 people led by Bishop Strickland, who was leading all the prayers and everything else for the reparation of what was going on inside the stadium. People are sick and tired of this woke agenda. And uh, I just hope that everybody realizes that because it's just crazy. Um, it says uh, there was a letter in 1983 or 1804. Father, a time will come when the decisive battle between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over marriage and the family. And those who will work for the good of the family will experience persecution and tribulation. But do not be afraid, because Our Lady has already crushed his head. That, that's amazing what happened in Fatima. Because if people understood that, that the Blessed Mother came and she said to them, pray the rosary. So everyone should absolutely pray the rosary every day. Because it's so critically important for sinners for the people trying to destroy the family, for everything that's going on today. Because this is the biggest spiritual battle in history going on right now. Yeah. And we have to really, really pray, pray, pray hard. Not, not yeah. only not only the biggest, but the last. <laughs> the yes. last. Uh, we, we, need, we need to understand there are many, many Catholic saints, many approved yes. official Catholic saints who have predicted the uh, the coming of the Antichrist as being in the times that we're in now. Yes, we're at we're at the doorstep, folks. We we just really are. Um, yes, and uh, we we just need to be very very mindful that things are very bad. Yeah, St. Faustina uh, was talking to Jesus. Jesus said that there was going to be a time where everyone's going to see their own souls and how God sees them. That's in her diary. And when she said that, uh, you get to see your soul exactly how God sees it. And they said that many people will say, oh, my gosh, I have to turn my life around, which is good. Because there's so many things that are, uh, you know, yesterday we did a public rosary and I gave everyone a teaching on pride. Where pride is. Pride is the chief of all sins. It's what turned angels into devils. <laughs> you know, you think of Lucifer thinking, I am I'm as good as God and I want to be like God and everything else. And all of his one third of the angels with him. And they said, we want to be like angels and devils. Uh, it, it turns that into devils. And uh, Pride also, uh, Pride Month, they call this Pride Month in, this, in the culture. And if you take the middle words of Pride Month, you know, P-R-I-D-E-M-O-N, uh, T-H, it's pride, it has demon in the middle of Pride Month. So, yeah, and I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's any question, um, you know, who's who's behind it. 
who's behind this this and I mean it's just a naked assault on uh, on uh, Catholicism on Christianity uh, yes. and on the and on the nuclear family. Um, yes. And 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 a lot of these things, um, you know, were predicted long ago, and people thought we were crazy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, Our Lady of Fatima called us all to repent, to pray, to offer uh, sufferings for sinners, because there's, I mean, there's billions of sinners in the world today, and we have to do this. We have to offer our sufferings and and prayers for them, because uh, that's why she said that so many people were going to hell. She showed the children hell on the third visit. She showed them hell, and they said if we saw hell for a moment more, we would have died of fright. That's how horrific hell is. People don't Do realize. You remember? That. Do you remember? Um, since you brought up Saint Faustina, do you remember the prayer that Jesus gave? Um, because there's so many in our families that need conversion, and the prayer that Jesus uh, specifically taught Saint Faustina. Uh, to say to to hold up those people that that we we long to be converted. You know um, well, uh, the one prayer that he said that converts people is, "O blood and water, which gushes forth from the heart of Jesus, is a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you." Yep. He said that is a very very powerful prayer. I'm glad you said that. Uh, We'll be back in just a second on The Four Persons. Okay. You are listening to The Four Persons Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515 515- The number, again, is Gibson with exactly the prayer that Ed was just talking about. Go ahead, Ed. Well, uh, let me tell you a story. Um, I heard a story just recently about a woman who prayed for her brother. He was uh, uh, suicidal. He uh, had problems. He had, uh, did not lead a good life. But she prayed every day for him for years And then finally, he committed suicide. And she said, God, you know, I pray that he wouldn't commit suicide. Why did you let this happen? And the Holy Spirit came and told her, she said, all of your prayers that you gave, 
God allowed your brother to give amends for his life and for his suicide. So he is no, no longer in hell. He is in purgatory now. Prayer works. <laughs> you can pray for people your whole life and at their deathbed. They will actually be granted some things that only God can do. So right. that is just a wonderful thing when, when we pray for people. Yeah, I read somewhere, I can't remember where it was that I read it, but I read somewhere that even if a person uh, resists uh, God's graces through their whole life, if you continue yep. praying and praying and praying, all the graces earned by those prayers will cause this person to receive at the moment of their death or the moment after their death a sudden infusion, illumination of light uh, that will be uh, really a last great, opportunity for them to uh, repent and accept God um, that they would not have been uh, provided for. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, You know, in case you think I'm talking about this stuff theoretically, I am not. Okay? No. I'm living it. I'm estranged (laughs) from my kids and my grandkids right now. I haven't seen my kids or grandkids in almost six years. So if you think I believe in this theoretically, you're wrong. Each day that goes by, each Father's Day that goes by, difficult and agonizing, but that face still burns in my heart because if I can't love my kids in person, I love them by prayer. I keep connected to them by the rosary. I keep connected to them by all of these devotions, and I believe in my heart that in his own time, in his own way, God is going to reach them. I have that faith. Yes. Uh, in fact, I had the Holy Spirit. Well, you, you, I know you've talked about a lot of personal uh, experiences. Well, I had the Holy Spirit kind of send a message to me. I didn't hear it in an audible voice, but I, but I heard it clearly within my soul. When I was agonizing about my estrangement from them and I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me a question, and the question was, John, if you had to choose to be reunited with your family right now, but they'd be lost forever in eternity, to be estranged from them right now, but after a period of time, after a delay of a period of time, they'll be saved, and you'll be with them for eternity in heaven, which would you choose? (laughs) That's the easiest choice in the world, okay? Second, eternity and, and, is a long time. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't get the sense that it was a prediction that I was going to be estranged from them uh, for for my entire life, for the rest of my life. But I got the sense that the Holy Spirit was saying to me, "Focus on the big picture. Focus on what's exactly. important." I know it hurts now. And and it does, Ed. It 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 it's it's agonizing. Yeah. You know, I, I I want to be part of my grandkids' life, and I, yeah. and I haven't really done anything to deserve the way that I'm being treated by them. Um, but Jesus didn't do anything to deserve the way that he was maltreated either. So, um, not that I'm putting myself on the same level of Jesus, but I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just saying that um, sometimes. We suffer and we don't understand. Uh, that doesn't mean that God can't use that suffering for his greater purpose. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, we started this whole thing out with fatherhood and how important it is. And I think we really showed how really important it is. And, uh, John, what you just shared uh, is you know, it's, it's, it's troubling. But also when the Holy Spirit told you that uh, you could have them now and they'll be lost forever, or you would have them not now and they would be saved forever. That is a, such a blessing for the, for your knowledge of that. I mean, I can't tell you how, how wonderful that is. Yeah, because and, I, I think the message was, Ed, I, I, I think the message was, you know, I, I told people, you know, I've, I've, you know, my my wife walked out on me six years ago. 
Okay. So, you know, people say, well, you know, the church doesn't really look kindly on divorce. And <laughs> folks, she left. <laughs> what, what am I supposed yeah. to do? Okay, exactly. She, she, she left and she didn't come back. Uh, you know, um, now, you know, I haven't attempted to get remarried. I have no intention of attempting to get remarried. Mm-hmm. But in, in my mind, I had no, no choice but to file for divorce. Well, what, what was I supposed to do? But you know, people have asked me, you know, do you miss her? And and um, and for years, my answer was, well, yes, of course, I miss her. You know, I miss her so much it 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 drives me crazy. But Ed, I had to come to the conclusion that I didn't, I didn't miss her. I missed who she used to be. Yes, exactly. the wife that walked out on me was not the same person that uh, I fell in love with. And we were married for 32 years. Wow. Um, but she changed. She yes. changed. She became a person I didn't recognize. And, and not, not only me, but her own kids didn't recognize her. And to be wow. honest with you, the, the biggest cause of the estrangement with my kids is they felt like I tried too hard to – reconcile with her they didn't want me to reconcile with her well what i what i thought i was supposed to do um but i came to the conclusion and i understood you know for the longest time i rebelled against the fact that you know i was you know that i lost my family i rebelled against that and i was angry at god for that and then I, i i came to understand that there are four people so wrapped up in bitterness and vindictiveness and um, that it would have, it would have just knowing how vindictive they are and how hateful they are and how angry they are and everything is scorched earth. It would have destroyed me if I stayed in that circle, it would have destroyed me. So God had to separate me from that, from that toxic environment in order to save me. And well, he's got me over in one corner. You know, sometimes when you have two toddlers that are fighting, you have to separate them, <laughs> and, and and that's basically you know what happened here. And it's very painful to relate this and painful to say this. But as you said at the beginning of the show, Ed, I don't cease be, I don't cease being their father because I'm separated physically from them. No, no, you know, okay. prayer works. It works because and in in fact. Me over here praying for them is stronger than anything that I could have said to them personally. When I was going to my Catholic counselor right after the right after the breakup, yeah, he said something that blew me away, Ed. It absolutely blew me away. He told me, and he's not the first person that's told me this, he told me that I was the most brilliant debater that he's ever met. He said wow. I was a brilliant debater that, and uh, where I excel in debating, and I'll, I'll send you some links to some Catholic debates that I've done in the past. But where I excel in debating, I'm really good at taking the opponent's argument, uh, stringing it out to its logical conclusion, and then turning around and using it against him. Yes, that's very, very, very good at deconstructing their logic, their fallacious logic. Um, exactly. But he said, he said, you're a brilliant debater. He said, but what you haven't clued in on is that when somebody's determined not to hear what you have to say, all you do is make them angry. Yes. He said, because they can't refute what you're saying. They won't try to refute it with facts, but they don't want to hear it. So that just makes them angry. And he said, John, you need to accept the fact that your kids have tuned you out yes. for whatever reason the poisonous people around them that have filled their heads with, with whatever nonsense their heads have been filled with, they've tuned you out. He said, so you need to understand that someday they're going to hear the arguments that they need to hear. They're going to hear the truth that they need to hear. They're just not going to hear it from you. Yes. And, and um, the analogy that he gave is of, of a parent rushing their kid to the emergency room and the kids hovering over uh, – the parents are hovering over the kid 
while the doctors are trying to to save the kid, and finally the orderlies, the the security people, got to pull the parent away from the, from, you know, from the stretcher, not right. because the parent doesn't care for the kid, not because they don't believe the parent cares for the kid, but because the doctors are trying to save the kid and the parents are getting in the way. And exactly. he, he looked at me, and he looked at me and said, John. The great physician is trying to save your children, and you keep getting in the way. Get wow. out of the way and let him do his job. And uh, wonderful. So, well, so we, let's close with a prayer. Yep. You want to do that? Yep. I'm going to do Saint Augustine's prayer for the Holy to the Holy Spirit. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may be all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit that my work, too, may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I may always be holy. Amen. Amen. God bless, Ed, and happy Father's Day, and uh, I'll see you a week from today. Happy Father's Day, and I will be praying for your children. God bless. Thank you. Okay. Goodbye.